Hello, everyone. You're listening to Teaching Matters, an audio series exploring the unique needs of today's students. Teaching Matters is produced and recorded in the studios of WOUB Public Media in Athens, Ohio. I'm your host, Scott Titsworth, Dean of the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University, and my guests today for this program are Chuck Borghese and Craig Davis from the E.W. Scripps School of Journalism at at Ohio University. Chuck is a lecturer in the school who came to higher education after a lengthy career in the private sector where he was an agency creative director for brands such as Arby's, Mercedes-Benz, Glenfiddich Whiskey, and in addition, he led an ad council effort to combat online sexual predators. Craig Davis is an associate professor who also came to OU with significant industry experience, including work on brands such as Procter & Gamble, Nicaragua, and Tums. Both Chuck and Craig teach courses in strategic communication and welcome both of you to Teaching Matters. Thank you. Thanks Great for to be us. here. So, so I want to start by um, orienting listeners to what strategic communication is because both of you teach in a very specific major and a very specific school inside uh, the university. And before we get into the details of how you enact your teaching practices that I think people will be interested in learning about, I think it might help just to understand what strategic sure. communication is. Craig, you want Great. to take that? Yeah. Um, Well, strategic communication, as we use it in our school, is to distinguish how our students are different from news and information. But basically what strategic... Which would be traditional journalism, Traditional journalism, yes. But um, strategic communication is really about purposeful communication to fulfill an organization's mission. So that has a lot of things in it. It's very broad. It's it's a very simple definition, but it covers everything. The most specific example would be, you know, strategic communication is advertising and public relations. But today it's a lot more than that. So strategic communication is a more holistic description of what we do in terms of purposeful communication. It's persuasive communication. It's ethical communication. It uh, takes into consideration um, different cultures, different segments of audiences, all that. Um, And that's pretty much what strategic communication is. But literally, people think about it as advertising and public relations. And so recognizing that broadness, it's fair to say that almost every organization has somebody that deals with strategic communication, even if if in some small organizations, they don't have that title. But all organizations have to deal with this now, right? Absolutely. Profit, nonprofit, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And part of that definition is how you look at organizations. And it's not just the corporate world. It's advocacy groups. It's nonprofit. It's everything. Right. Yeah. So, Chuck, uh, if you could expand a little bit on what Craig said, it sounds to me like strategic communication um, is a very perfect mixture between sort of the theories of what it takes to be a strategic communicator and the practical application of that. So so what is it that you try to accomplish with students who are going through that program? Well, um, you know, we... I guess I, I don't I teach the uh, the um, capstone classes and a creative class, so I'm kind of upstream or down, I'm I'm down mm-hmm. the down the path a little bit from um, you know the principles and the and the theories mm-hmm. uh, I'm applying them, so um, you know I think that I think what's what's really great um, that that we're in the EW Script School of Journalism and we're and and all of our students have taken uh, news and information as well is that um, there's a lot of uh, sort of investigative reporting to what we do. Um, often a client will think, and a client's very close to their situation, a client will think that they understand the problem, you know, inside and out. But often they're so close to it that they don't really understand it. And if you go down that path um, trying to solve the problem that they believe they're confronting, um, you can even, you can, you can worsen the problem or deepen the issue. So um, I teach my students um, – uh, in, in an advertising and public relations sense, how to <clears throat> really identify and investigate what's at play and what, what clients are actually facing in the marketplace. I kind of describe it to them in terms of a uh, – uh, you can visualize a Venn diagram where what the, what the client's best foot forward is, what they have to offer and what they can actually solve and what a, what a customer needs. And where that intersects is usually where the, the – the magic happens, you know, usually mm-hmm. where we can actually, um, you know, communicate, make the needle move and change, change perceptions, make sales and, and that sort of thing. So, so I'm really, um, you know, I, I do believe that, you know, I, I, and I, I, I stress this early in the semester that we are journalists, that we are really, we're, we're investigative uh, reporters 
And um, but we do it in a we do it in a in a different way. We do it. We're advocates, as Craig mm-hmm. said, advocates right. for a brand mm-hmm. or an organization. And um, but uh, but I do feel like it's it's problem solving. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 true. And we solve problems with you know I I, I believe I'm, I I try to make it very media agnostic where I don't have a preconceived notion of how we're going to solve this problem. But I but I but I want to identify the problem. And I've got example. I mean I tell them examples. Uh, you know from my career. Where, where, you know, the client agency uh, relationship dynamic is such that, you know, often you have to kind of do as you're, you know, depending on what the situation is, you know, certainly with the agency's finances, and you do as you're told. And um, uh, sometimes that'll just, that'll just, you'll, you'll discover right away that you're going down the wrong path. So, mm-hmm. so we, we take that path very seriously. No, I think that's great. I mean, it, what we do is it, we solve a problem um, through communication, and that's mm-hmm. what we're teaching our students to do. So, for listeners that uh, you know are coming from very different mm-hmm. fields, or right. or teach in K twelve, where you know they don't have yep. these majors, et cetera, um, the the basic principles of investigating, collecting evidence, making observations, trying to use that data to solve problems uh, in strategic communication might be very similar to other disciplines. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. So, so Chuck, I want to go back to you. I mean, you talked about your capstone class, but I, in, in prepping for this, I also had a chance to read your teaching philosophy, and you had a statement in there that uh, that I found really interesting and, and, and exciting. You said, I try to make the experience as real as possible. I believe we're all creative. We just need the right atmosphere. That's what I try to create. So, when you teach your courses, what do you mean by atmosphere, and how do you create it to facilitate that for students? Well, a lot of times I'll, I'll ask the question for the, the first day. We, we cover a lot in the first day. <laughs> One of the questions I ask is who, who thinks, you know, certainly in the capstone class, I ask who, who in the room thinks that they're creative. And I get very few hands raised uh, for <laughs> that. And, and even in the creative concept class, I think they're very interested in the um, you know in the in that side of what we do, so uh, taking a class is uh, in it is is I think really valuable. But even in those classes, I don't get a I don't get near half of the students uh, raising their hands. So um, I try to I try to create an atmosphere where uh, getting outside of yourself is uh, is applauded. You know where where being wrong or being you know I mean not. There's no there's no dumb answers in this thing, but there there's certainly um, you know clunkers when it comes to creativity, and sometimes you can't tell. But what I'm looking for is um, is the ability to just just completely get outside of where they are, to to pay attention to what crosses their mind in a different way, to give them to give them sort of techniques to understand that um, you know sort of who we are and what what makes up. Our consciousness, even you know, like the the things we watch, the the art we love, the music we're into, all those things are contributors. So I try to create an atmosphere where it's okay to try things and to and to be as outside of your your normal you know strict structure that and uh, and I and I make it okay to uh, to to just just let that rip and and I always say that it's a that that creativity is hard. And uh, and even in a career like mine, that I had a I had some success. I mean, it was it was a, it was a successful career. But even looking at that, it's kind of like the batting average, you know, in baseball. It's like you fail so many times. You you get so much work uh, rejected um, that you have to feel like we all have each other's back, and we're all in it together. And I and I create that atmosphere in both classes. In all my classes, I try to make it okay to stand up and and not be brilliant. Um, and then, in, and in that case, I find that students relax. They start paying attention to their thoughts. You know, I try to convince them that, you know, we have fifty thousand thoughts a day that are crossing. You know, sort of like a. I think of it sort of as a uh, that scroll on CNN. You know, it's like these <laughs> things are going all day, and I give them sort of techniques to pay attention to that and to pick the good ones and to throw away the bad ones and to and to to take an interesting thought and expand upon it. So I guess that's a you know it's sort of a it's a it's a it's a safe zone where um, where that, I think that's the only way for creativity to happen. Do, do right? you have examples in your courses where you as a teacher have failed 
and you're able to use that to show your students absolutely how to break out of those training capacities of fear of failure and, yeah. and not thinking creatively because of that fear. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, you know, sometimes I'll even, I'll even like mention something I was thinking about the project that they're working on and say how off it was, you know, or how, how wrongheaded or, you know, you know, as a, as a creative director, you know, it's been, I was a creative director for 25 years. So I've been kind of a teacher for 25 years in, in that specific (laughs) area. And, uh, you know, I know what it's like to say something isn't there or to have actually something not be there. And in fact, in the, in the, um, uh, Often in the um, the capstone class, we cover a client, Golden Corral, where um, something went truly wrong, <laughs> and uh, and I was in it, you know. So so I'm real willing for them to see that, you know, there's the it, it, it and 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 it, it gets back to the my last uh, your last question, which is about problem solving and all that. We were solving the wrong problem, and absolutely full stop. Made that, and we worsened that problem. To where we had to really we had to rescue it at that point. So, uh, yeah, I, they they see they see the the warts and the bruises. <laughs> I definitely tell them about it. Craig, sometimes uh, those are the most interesting class sessions to have. I mean, the students perk up and you know it, it's real to them. Mm-hmm. Craig, in in your uh, materials that I looked at, you stated that you actually have a mission statement that you hang in your office, <laughs> yeah. which I found you know yeah. really refreshing that somebody <laughs> thought so deeply that they actually put it up for the world mm-hmm. to see. Why do you do that? Well, um, that, that started from our school writing our own mission statement, and um, Bob Stewart had me put together a number of different examples that we presented to the faculty. And we developed a mission statement for our school that you see on the website. But for me, I want something that's really personable. It's not something that a, an organization would look at and say, oh, this is the mission. I want this to speak to and capture the feeling of the students that I teach every day. So even though I, I did call it a mission statement, it's really what I call my pledge to students. And what it does is it's, it's like a, I guess maybe a philosophical thing. It just puts me in the right uh, mental state. Uh, it puts me in a positive state uh, of doing what I love to do. And it also, to me, I want students to come to me and always be free to ask questions and never be intimidated. I've learned I've had really high-end guest speakers come to class and I see the students sit back a little bit, and they don't ask as many questions. And then I had one of my students who came in. She, was, she had graduated. She worked at Procter & Gamble. Um, she was out maybe three or four years. And she was working in PR, going to New York all the time. She came in and gave a talk. And I saw the energy right there. I saw that the students were not at all intimidated. They saw, wow, this is someone that I could be like, you know? Um, so I want them to understand it's, I'm in my, the last line of my pledge is, I want you to understand I'm not above you. I'm with you along this journey or along the way. So that, that to me is important. I want the students mm-hmm. to, to view me as that kind of professor. And in your mission statement, you have a line that says, uh, that you want the students, you want to help the students think strategically about everything, your career, clients, yes. consumers, and life. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> now, now thinking yeah, strategically yeah, yeah. Is, mm-hmm. is, is similar right. to creativity, but it's also a little bit different. How do you, how do right. you try to accomplish that? Well, the strategic thinking is a lot, it's tied into what um, Professor Borghese is talking about, is when students take my classes, they're learning how to develop strategy that sets up an idea. Okay, so that's thinking through before you do anything. It's not saying, oh, let's do a guerrilla marketing campaign or let's do an ad or let's do a Facebook post. That's not what we want students to come out of the gate with. What we want them to do is sit and think strategically about communications first. Um, For example, who's my target audience? What is the communication uh, or the marketing goal? What am I trying? What's my message? What am I trying to communicate? Um, Most importantly, from research, what is the consumer insight that we're working from? And from that, 
a unifying or strategic idea is developed, that is handed over to someone like Professor Borghese in the industry, and they come up with ideas. So that's the school part there. But there's a lot of things that translate into life. I mean, I want them to think, you know, who am I hanging out with? Is that the right people to be with? Uh, where do I want to live? Why do I want to live there? Is this career right for me? All those are strategic-based uh, thinking questions that I hope they get out of the class as well. So, Have, have you had conversations with your students about their posting on social media? As, as um, personal, their personal posts. Yes, in terms of um, in terms of their resumes and things like that. Companies look at their posts, thinking about that strategically before you put something up. That's an example, a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, yeah. I've started to notice um, through my own children that they're starting, like, my daughter's a student-athlete, and mm-hmm. when they go to the state, they have a state convention for student-athletes, and they get one of the lectures that they attend is yes. to think about your social mm-hmm. media yeah. posts, because if you have aspirations to go into college, your <laughs> you your go. potential coaches right. will be scouring your social sure. media. Mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah. that's yeah. part of that That's strategy. part of it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, both of you, and, and really the, 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 the core reason, besides just you being both really interesting guys, <laughs> uh, that I wanted to have you on Teaching Matters is that you both are very explicit about integrating real-world problem-based learning into mm-hmm. your courses. Uh, and, and, and that's part of your strategy as teachers, mm-hmm. actually. And, and I wanted you both to maybe give some examples of the type of real-world projects that your mm-hmm. students have worked on in your classes. And maybe, uh, sure. Craig, we could start with you and then yeah. go over to Chuck. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> that's true. Um, I, I use quite a bit of problem-based um, projects in my class. And I think also part of that is my research. Uh, The the research that I do is all writing case studies with teaching notes that come from the real world. They're they're real scenarios and how do you deal with that. So I use some of my case studies that I've written. um, But in the classes that I teach right now, I have the students – the problem is – if they're going to go after an audience, how do you describe that audience? So their project is a consumer profile, and they do qualitative and quantitative research in order to develop a tight, concise description of a particular audience. Then once they're done with that, I give them a project that has to do with – I give them a brand, and I tell them to measure that brand. So they use Qualtrics, and they do a brand impact study. They measure brand. And Qualtrics is? Qualtrics is the research um, tool that we have here at Ohio University. It's like an online yes, survey. online tool. survey, yeah. 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 So, um, so they measure um, awareness levels. They measure association. They measure f- um, favorability and purchase intent. So they get a snapshot of what the brand is. So these are two separate projects, right? One is a consumer profile and audience. Another is um, elements of a brand. So then I take the next step and say, okay, you use those two projects that you've created, and now the problem is you have to connect that to your brand. And the way they do that is through a creative brief. So they write a creative brief as, as, a, um, as the third project. So they're all serving pro- serving. They're all addressing a particular problem. Who is the consumer audience? What do people? What are the perceptions that people have about the brand? And then how do you bring that all together in terms of communication? How do you connect both of these audiences and these brands together? And it's not always easy. It depends on the brand you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll give them a brand that makes it difficult, that or originally they would not think that the brand could be connected to them. So, um, so those are three examples. Um, in, the, in the management class, I do a lot of problem-based applications where um, they'll read the material, we'll give them a, a team-based learning quiz, and then we'll deal with a situation, a real situation that's happened in the industry. And I give them A, B, C, D, and E alternatives, and I have them look at each one of those alternatives, both pros and cons for each one, and then I have them make a recommendation, and I have them hold up the cards, and they all vote on what they think is the best approach. They're all good approaches, but um, 
they have to defend their answer, and mm-hmm. that forces them to um, to debate. And you know, pretty soon the the best answer out of all of them does come out, mm-hmm. um, the best approach. As I think back yeah. to the first example yeah. that you provided, I mean, I remember when I was an undergraduate. Any any professor would use you know what you might call the case study approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a, even as a master student, I had courses um, in in StratCon yeah. type courses like issues management where we would do a lot of case studies. Right. And, and oftentimes, what they did you know, back in the day mm-hmm. is you would get a case study where sort of all the data was laid out, <laughs> and your job yeah. was to say, okay, well, based upon that data, here's what I would do. What's different about what you mm-hmm. described is that the students are also involved in collecting the data yes. and and drawing inferences from it. So right. less of that case study was sort of feeding them the answer. It's really about them seeing that mm-hmm. data's messy, that right. the real world right. is messy. It's true. Yeah. And and that's I I think that it's an important distinction because, you know, a professor wanting to do problem-based learning, just going out and getting a case study book, even if it's yours and awesome, right? Mm-hmm. But but if <laughs> yeah. they went out and got a case study book, that maybe isn't quite enough if you want the students to get to the next level. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Chuck, what about you? Um, well, I teach uh, two classes in their their. Uh, I mean, teach two sections of the uh, capstone class, and I'll I'll start there. And it's you know, as I'm listening to Professor Davis talking about, um, you know, all the research that he, um, you know, instills in these guys, it's like I, it's like it's very helpful to me, <laughs> you know, because as. Uh, as a creative director, and I and I and I and I act, I, I kind of act as a creative director in the class. Um, you know, I've always been a consumer of this work, and <clears throat> I tell the students all the time. Like, I'll show them a few case, few of my cases, um, and uh, and and speak to how I was just sort of the I was I was a strategist instrument. <laughs> you know, it's like the the work was given to me in such a way that. Um, it made it. I mean, I, won't, I don't want to say it made it easy, but it but it certainly showed me the the, the roadmap. And uh, so um, so I really I really appreciate that. And it, another thing that's interesting about the the capstone classes in my syllabus, one of the first lines is like this: your last class in the uh, in the EW Script School of Journal. And you hear the oh, you know, it's like, <laughs> and they, you know, it's just I, I guess I guess I get some really I get some uh, certainly in the fall semester where it's it's not graduation isn't just down the, um, you know, I get to see the enthusiasm uh, that uh, these kids have for what they've been learning and and our school and uh, it's amazing um, and our university. I mean, they're just they're just they're they're so in love with it, um, but. Uh, so, so in the capstone classes, we in, we we do all the things that that have to be done uh, to create a pitch. Uh, so, what I'll do is I'll go out and find a real client, the real people with a real problem, and uh, you know I always tell the students pitches don't happen when clients are happy. Pitches happen when clients are frustrated or struggling. Or, and um, so I go find a real one that's, that's, that has an issue, you know, that, that has that, that, you know, maybe they are engaged in a pitch, you know, on some level um, or, they're, or they're not. And, and I guess I should, I should say a pitch is, you know, a client is, is unhappy with um, the, the partners that they have, you know, doing their strategic communication. And um, they, they put out a, um, a request for proposals and, and uh, and agencies all compete for that, and it finally comes down to usually two agencies or sometimes three that actually do the full pitch, and that's what we do um, after a sort of a rehearsal project, which I'll get to in a second. Um, so so I have the client come in, and they get to, as far as it being a real world experience, they get to they have what we what we call a, a chemistry session where the client comes in, tells us what's going on, tells us as far as they're concerned what they think the problem is. My client, my students know to be a little skeptical at this point, you know, where it's like, well, well, that's great, but we're going to do a little bit of our own investigative uh, reporting, do using Qualtrics and all the things that Craig has taught the students to do. Um, and then we uh, then we we embark on this, and we 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 make our observations. We feel like we know what's wrong. Um, from there, we make a we have a we do have a key consumer insight. We create a strategy, and we begin work. Um, and uh, the next meeting with the client, and they usually come in, or they're on Skype, or um, on one occasion we went to them. Uh, we show a uh, what we call a tissue session, which is tons of ideas before we've fallen in love with them. So we have the idea, we write it up on a, on a basic uh, um, you know, uh, premise, 
and uh, and then move on to the next one, and then keep doing that. We usually go with about ten ideas. Uh, from there, we've now we've now we, we expose the uh, the strategy and the thoughts to the client, um, and then they you know it's a very col- it's a collaborative moment where they start talking about what they like, what they what they feel has potential. We respond to that, and usually come out of that with two ideas that we turn into multi-platform. Uh, full-blown uh, advertising, uh, uh, strategic communication pitches, and then we 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 do it. We go and we go and pitch it. And then there's a one class is an agency, the other class is another agency, and they compete against each other. And on the last day of the semester or on the finals day, uh, they find out who won. Mm-hmm. And it's a uh, it's a it's a it's a great experience on both ends of that. And of course, winning or losing has nothing to do with grade. As I said before, it has everything to do with with effort and passion and putting you know getting outside of yourself. Um, and that's uh, that's kind of how I approach it. I also like them to see, um, you know, I tell them that I, I had a long career, but not one of those days of that career felt like a job. Um, and uh, it's the great, you know, I, I believe I still believe it's the greatest thing you can do with your day. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, so I try to get that across to them. And uh, that's how I that's that's the for me the real world experience um, because it it truly is real world. And I and these are these are these are seniors about to go out in the world. And I try to convince them that um, being being able to pitch business. That's the that's the most important. You know, agencies. It's co- it's kind of like a funnel. You want the top of the funnel to be bigger than the bottom. You know, but stuff is always yeah. falling out the bottom, and cli- and agencies are always trying to put you know clients and work and 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 everything they can into the top. And if you can if you can show them that you know how to do this work and you know how to pitch, um, you become really valuable, and you'll mm-hmm. always be you'll always be valuable. Um, so that's what I do. The little rehearsal project I do usually. Um, is uh, I try to show them it, it's an example of my career, and it was um, back to Golden Corral, where um, you know the I kind of I, I kind of play it out for them, where the phone calls are a little quicker, the eye contact isn't as great, the the, the hey Chuck is a little less enthusiastic on the phone, and you start to feel like you know something's up, and uh, what I do is I have them investigate. Um, through research, what is possibly wrong? Here's what they're doing. Here's where their customer is. Um, their customers. There's a lot of different constituencies. You know, they they've got heavy users, light users, medium users, and so what's the deal? So they come, they they figure it out, and they do truly figure it out. And then I have them write a white paper, essentially a um, a, a letter to this client saying, "We're feeling this too, and uh, and we're we, here's how we think we can fix it." And hmm. the, that, that's how we start. That's how that's the first three and a half weeks of the class, and then we go off on the pitch. So um, we we're located in a relatively small college town in Appalachian, Ohio. Not not very close to a major metropolitan area. About you know what an hour and ten fifteen minutes from Columbus. Um, what are some examples of some of the organizations that you've worked with? Yeah. So 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 far. Um, the the big ones uh, we, we did we did a campaign to try to save to um, monetize online journalism for the Columbus Dispatch so they were right there in Columbus uh, they came down we we did the pitch up at the client's location which was thrilling for the students because uh, we had the publisher in the room we had the uh, editor in chief. Uh, as a friend of the school, um, we had the marketing director. We had everything, and then actually, the 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 pitch went so well. They wanted to use the work. They they ended up struggling to find the funds, even though it wasn't. Uh, you know, I don't. Th- I, you know, they're still thinking about it. Um, and the guy comes out with uh, four job uh, orders for for positions, <laughs> and says, "Who's ever interested? Write your name on the job, yeah. and we'll we'll set up an interview." I mean, these students just nailed it. The, uh, we had another one with the Columbus Blue Jackets last in the fall semester, where they invited us up for a game. They did the input session, uh, uh, which was uh, really interesting. Um, we did the pitch here um, at uh, at Scripps, and uh, the uh, you know went really well. The students just they 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 performed at a an amazing level. Um, and then I also ask in the beginning of every class, like wh- what kind of job you see yourself in, you know, because we, here we are, you know, a couple of months away from that. And uh, so many students say they want to do strategic communication for a nonprofit. So, um, you know, which is not, it wasn't an instinct of mine. You know, I did a, did a ton of nonprofit, but that comes with the job. 
Uh, but they wanted to focus on that. So I, uh, this last semester, we did a campaign. We did a pitch for uh, Local Matters, which is a, a really interesting organization in, um, in Columbus, central Ohio, where they help people maximize their food budget, um, whether you're low income, medium income, um, and, and to, to create a healthier outcome for your family. Hmm. Um, and it was, uh, it, was, uh, it was fascinating. And the students just, I don't know, they, they, uh, I don't know if it's, it, maybe it's the age, um, but they were really on that issue. And, uh, and I think they came up with some, you know, stunning. And we did that for, for uh, an agency. Um, we worked with a, a, a friend, an agency that's a friend of the school uh, called Falgren Mortine. And uh, uh, it was great for them to have that experience, too, to actually work for an advertising agent. Uh, well, strategic communication, they do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that, those are three pretty cool examples. Um, we also did a, 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 a lemonade company out of Texas that was start, famous. It started by a nine-year-old. Um, she's been, you know, I don't know if you know the story, but it's a, it's a fascinating story. Michelle Obama has spent a lot of time with this girl. She was on the uh, Shark Tank got got uh, venture capital money uh, to uh, to to help her and now she's in now she's distributing to all whole foods mm-hmm. in the country and uh, and we so we played a little role in that and we had some great ideas so those are those are some of the clients our guests today are Chuck Borghese and Craig Davis of the EW Scripps School of Journalism, and we're talking about how they use problem-based learning and real-world problem-solving uh, approaches in their classes as they teach students strategic communication. Um, Craig, I want to come back to you. Um, we've been talking a lot about sort of the big strategy of problem-based mm-hmm. and real-world learning and had some great examples of that. In your classes, you use some other engagement techniques to right. kind of keep students tuned in. Um, can you talk about that? Sure. Yeah. Um, within the context, like the last class, the capstone class, it's everything that we do in the school. It's strategy, it's creative, it's media, it's all that. But the classes that they take before they get into Professor Borghese's capstone class are, you know, snapshots of knowledge that they need to succeed. So I try to do projects that um, help them learn, help them gain knowledge, and will help them succeed when they get to the to the capstone class. So um, I guess some examples, uh, I do team-based learning. Everything that my students do, are it's, they're organized in a team. And um, they do team projects because that's how the industry works. So um, I do team-based learning. Um, I do other things to try to keep their attention that may be a little weird as well. At the last day of class, I play guitar and sing a song. <laughs> and there's a point to that. The, the point is not just to be entertaining but have them think about you know, what career they're going into and what kind of attitude they should have about it. Um, I do some other things like uh, in the management class – I will have, um, I'll be up there lecturing, and then all of a sudden you'll hear a knock on the door, and in will come somebody posing as a FedEx employee. And they'll say, hey, I have all, all of these packages for these students. Uh, should I deliver them? And I, oh, yeah, those are their offer letters. Why don't you go ahead and deliver those? So they deliver them out, and they open up their FedEx package, and it's got, I can't do this anymore because it's too cost prohibitive to do the (laughs) FedEx packages, so I have to tone it down a bit. But it's got an offer letter in it, and it says, you know, welcome to, I come up with a fictional agency name, Shearman Hammer and Partners. Um, We're happy that you've joined the agency. We know you will contribute. Here is your salary, and the next 10, 13, 14 weeks, you're going to spend that with Craig Davis, where he's going to teach you the principles of account management. So those kind of things keep their attention. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the more crazy ones I've done is I've fired the entire class. (laughs) (laughs) So that's been kind of, uh, I haven't done that lately, but um, that actually went over very well um, because I wanted them to understand that the industry they're going in is an industry that changes quickly. And I gave them an experience of how I worked for an agency, and they closed that office and how they did it. So I reenacted that and actually had my wife come in posing as an HR person. And um, <laughs> she, she said, hello, unfortunately, we've lost this client. Um, 
you've all been terminated today and here's your termination letter. Meet with Craig Davis and he's going to share with you your next steps. And the point of that was that when one door closes, another bigger and better one opens up. And, um, and then we talked about how the industry is and they have to be – they're in a fast-paced industry that, because of the economy. That's something I want them to understand. This is not like uh, my father had the same job for the same company you know, for 40-some years. Um, and a lot of people, when they work on one kind of client, they decide that you know, I've got packaged goods experience. I want to get technology experience they'll leave the agency and go get that. So I do things like that that I do know the students enjoy that. We've done role plays together. Mm -hmm. I was posing as an account manager and he was posing as a creative guy. And I was doing something that was a mistake in the industry, changing a creative idea without informing the Mm -hmm. director the creative director. He got a knock um, on the door. And I got a knock on the door. And, you know, we <laughs> that had That one was easy for me. I've yeah, been, I kind of been in that position a few times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, while every week they have reading to do, they have a quiz to do, they have a team quiz to do, we have an application to do, but there's other things that happen. I don't do role plays every different, um, you know, one right after another, but I try to switch it up to make it interesting for them. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think they enjoy the class. My evaluations show that. Um, but I think I'm, I'm showing them some of the issues that I think are important that students should know by getting in this industry. You know, what's really interesting about the examples you provided is that your strategies for, you know, changing up the class and having something mm-hmm. that's a little bit entertaining, but right. but but they're all directly relevant to what it is that you're teaching. Oh, they're, not, they're not extraneous. Yes, right. So that it's careful yes. thought that goes in. Yes. Again, it's strategy yeah. that goes into the funny, the right. fun parts of the class. Right. There's a point behind it, even right. if it's you playing guitar. <laughs> a red guitar, three yeah. chords, and the yeah, truth and is a, all you need. Yeah, that's true. That's true yeah. <laughs> hey, no. both of you have mentioned that you use project teams in your class, and mm-hmm. I know that you know when I talk with teachers at any level that wants to use project teams, they they simultaneously embrace it and love it, and also say it's the hardest way to teach. Um, mm-hmm. We all know the benefits of it. We all know yeah. that when you get into um, you know organizations, you're going to be working in a team. As a teacher, right. there are some unique challenges because you have to grade individuals and you know all that kind of stuff. What what are some of the challenges that you've encountered teaching with teams, and mm-hmm. how have you overcome those? And yeah. Um, Ch- yeah. Chuck, we'll start yeah. with you. Um, yeah, you're and you're absolutely right. <laughs> right. I mean, there's no there's there's virtually nothing they're going to do when they get out in the world that they're going to do alone. And um, you know, I try to instill that in them. You know that that uh, um, I feel like I feel like beyond beyond the actual work that they do as a team, they the one of the biggest things they can possibly take away from the class is the importance of having a teammate and what that means, what it really means. And I always tell them a story. I mean, I think the obviously the biggest. I don't know if it's obviously, but but one of the biggest challenges is some some students feel like they're carrying the other student, and mm-hmm. um, and some students are just not as as open or as um, as enthusiastic, um, but what I try to tell them is I I mean uh, over the course of a twenty five year creative director career and and, and being a being just a, a creative person before that is I can't tell you how many times uh, somebody's come into my office and said you know this my partner's not carrying their weight and how my answer was always the same <laughs> you know it's like give it some time because there's going to be a time where you're going he's going to carry or she's going to carry you. There's no just no doubt in my mind about that. So I I try to I try to that that for me is you know and I I can recognize it. I watch them very closely, um, and I and I work with I work with all the teams on a one-on-team uh, basis, mm-hmm. and um, and we discuss everything. And I'll ask them all, um, you know, when I'm quizzing them on their on their thoughts, you know, I'll I'll make sure I'm asking everybody so that so they all have to be up to speed on it. But that. But for me, that's the that's the biggest challenge, and 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 um, and and you know the the chaos of of um, of, <laughs> of just this work. I mean, it's just. And I tell them in the beginning, I said this, just so you know, uh, and, and a lot of students embrace it. But just so you know, this is this business you're going into, and this class you just stepped into, 
is going to have some chaos involved. It's going to have some some things are going to change. Some clients are going to cancel meetings or you know, you're going to tell a client a strategy and they're going to think that it's really wrong and you're going to then you're going to have to go back and just, and figure out whether they're right or you're right. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a moving goalpost uh, at all times, and and I, instead of shielding them from that, I want them to feel that, and I want them to feel what it's like to 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 be running out of time, and having to having to you know work hard and work beyond the classroom and all that. Um, so for me, th- that that's the biggest challenge. But I think that uh, you know just making sure that they're all contributing. Um, but um, I think I try to. I try to instill an enthusiasm in them mm-hmm. that uh, gives them a uh, that it's that that being a part of a team is uh, is critical. Also, the the in in, in the the way I structure the new business, the, the the notion of a new business pitch for um, agencies is always it's always the the hardest but most fun because it's a time where you feel like I'm not I'm not just competing to get. Um, people in seats, or get uh, cars sold, or bottles of you know cases of whiskey off the you know what I'm what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to beat another agency, and that sort of that notion of being on a team, um, you know, I, there were times as a creative director if I felt like the the creative department was a little slow or stuck in their ways or a little bored. I would I would beg the the you know the the marketing people of the agency to find us a pitch even if it's something we're not even we have no chance of winning. Let's just go after something because we get to stay at we get to stay at work late. We get to eat pizza together and just and and care about one another for once as opposed to only caring about the the client. So so I think that's I I, I try to get past that that you know he's not working or she's not working by instilling that this is, you, you know, you really truly are part of a team, and that's that's how you – that's the only way to win. Craig? Well, I, I really like the point that he brought up about chaos because um, when we teach a class, a lot of students are used to the process of going through uh, reading a, a textbook and taking a multiple-choice exam, and it is very structured and organized, and there's a place for that, totally. Um, but the classes we teach – we're actually taking students somewhere. When they come in the class, they start at this point, but we're, we're taking them with us to the end of the class. That's the culmination. And in, in the capstone class, it's just, yeah, absolutely, that's you're doing a pitch. But I try to do that same thing in every class I teach. Like the strategy class is cumulative. They don't really see how it all comes together towards the end. Um, but they have to work together to kind of figure that out. And um, I think that's one of the things that I struggle with, that students, especially if they're, if they're taking the research class, um, they haven't been exposed to that before. So it comes as a bit of a shock of like, whoa, what's going on here? I don't – this isn't a multiple-choice exam, and this isn't – got to know this for this test, this for this test, this for this test, and it's over. It's like, wow, this is all building, and i got to do stuff with the stuff I've already created. Um, so when students come with me in that experience, it's great. Um, they're, they're engaged. They follow along. But sometimes students drop off, and it's hard to get them back into the, into the groove of the class. So that, I would say that's a challenge. And, and it's, mm-hmm. it's part of the industry. Um, Developing an ad campaign or a strategy, while there's certain uh, there's a flow that you go through, it's not always linear, uh, and and that that causes students some anxiety. And I <laughs> yeah. try to be there to help them with that, but I want them to learn that. And sometimes it's um it's a it it, it makes them anxious. And I'm not trying to do that, but yeah, yeah. I just wanted to add uh, the, in the creative class. The very first, the first day, you know, I, I, I asked them to say goodbye to I, me, and my, you know, because uh, there's nothing yeah. worse than, um, and I would sit there and, and, and cringe at a team where someone's saying, I was thinking, this is what, this is my, you know, you got a partner sitting there, you know, there's, it's not your idea, it's, it's, it's together, it's a, it's a we situation. And I think really instilling that um, in them early. Um, I, I hope gets gets them away from the 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 personal individual ownership because I know that that's a that's toxic for a creative partnership. So that's kind of you know I, I do that in both classes, but certainly the creative class where 
you know, I always tell them, don't put yourself between my criticism of your idea and the idea because that arrow has to go through something. But um, but I uh, but but I try to I try to instill that it, it's this is a we situation and. Uh, and maybe that helps. You know, that's really important because the opposite of the the student who doesn't pull their weight on a project team, mm-hmm. the opposite of that is the person that tries to control everything. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh-huh. both are problematic. Right. I yep. mean, Absolutely. The, the other takeaway message yeah. from both of you that I think is really important to underscore is that when you use these project teams, it's not that you're giving them an assignment sheet and saying, see you in five weeks. I mean, right. you're you're both working extensively with those students as they're doing the projects. Sure. And, and I think that's, yep. that's maybe sometimes when, you know, as teachers, we see the, the, the less desirable aspects of, proj- of, of team-based mm-hmm. learning come out. It's maybe because we're not spending enough time working with those teams as a team. That could be. And, they, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, teams yeah. need coaches, and that's what we do, you know, when we're on our A game in the classroom. The oh, other thing about working as a team is individually – you have to do work by yourself to contribute to that team. Mm-hmm. And a lot of students drop off there. They think, oh, you know, I'm not going to do this work or whatever, and they just get together with the team. But And that's even in my, mis- my, my pledge. I want you to learn how to work individually and also collaborate as a team. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one of the things that I struggle with too. Hey, I've got one last quick question for both <clears throat> of you. So, you know, we're blessed that both of you came to our university with, with years of experience in, in, in the private sector and working in, in, in a professional setting that then you bring to bear in your classrooms. Myself, mm-hmm. I did not do that. And a lot of our other colleagues who are professors, you know, didn't have that similar type of experience before mm-hmm. coming to higher education. So if you're, if you're giving advice to faculty members in higher education or K-12 instructors who hear what you have to say and say, you know, I want to do a version of this with my students, but they don't have that industry experience to draw from, What's step one? Like, what what, what can mm-hmm. they do to start walking down this path? Well, for me, it's to forget about that. Don't say, don't in your mind say, wow, I haven't been in the industry. I don't have the ability to do this. I've had fabulous professors that have never been in the industry. That's not required. You're teaching a class. So, so forget about that. Um, don't put yourself in a negative place in the beginning and be proactive and go out and seek support. There's tons of professors. I mean, I'm part of AEJMC. There are so many ad professors that share everything. Uh, In the Society for Case Research, we share everything. Um, There's professors that haven't taught or that haven't worked in the industry, but they're getting information from people that have to help them do their job. So, um, I think they just need to be proactive and and go after it. Call people. There's amazing people in the industry are like honored when someone from a university calls and says, hey, I'm working on this class. Would you be willing to help me with this? Yeah, that's I was going to I was going to say that, too. Like I I was asked a lot um, Mm -hmm. by um, by professors um, to come and speak. And and I was always like kind of blown away by it. You know, it's like, yeah, I, you know, for sure. I got the, um, the Advertising Education Foundation came mm-hmm. to me when I was at, I was the, uh, a, a group creative director at DDB and said, do you want to speak? You know, we wonder if you want to speak at college campuses. And I was like, absolutely. You know, as long as OU is the first <laughs> one. And, uh, and, uh, and that's where I met, uh, uh, Professor Davis and Professor Chang. Mm-hmm, and, yeah. um, uh, you know, I was, I, 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 I so eagerly, jumped at it. I really believe you just got to ask. I think that these, I, you know, it's like, I don't think when I, you know, cause I, I go to these clients, I go to clients and, 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 and try to draw them in. I mean, yeah, they're interested that I have a background and that I'm a, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, an agency person's heard of me, um, or if it's a client in an industry that I've worked, but, um, but I think the, the true draw is the opportunity to give something back and to, and to, and to be part of, an educational uh, situation. I mean, I, th- I tell them, I tell them what what I hope the outcome was going to be of the class for the client. You know, like I, this is what you're going to get a lot of ideas from a lot of really smart young people um, who are 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 going to be enthusiastic. And I think that everybody I've spoken to about that is, you know, has always wanted to get on board. I have a little bit of an advantage with my creative class. I do a little award show at the end where they they. 
you know, we, we do six ideas. We, we whittle that down to two really good ones. And then we have a semester-long project. And I get a council of creative directors uh, from the industry mm-hmm. who, you know, <laughs> pick a first, second, third, and fourth. And that's how I give out the awards. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that might be a little bit of a but, – but that even that, I mean, the, the, I, I, know that, I know that creative directors jump at this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I just think that, uh, you know, we also have, I mean, at least here we have, um, and I think every university will have, you know, outstanding, amazing alum that will want to, you know, I would start there. I was an alum, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. obviously mm-hmm. of Ohio mm-hmm. University. And when, when the call came, I was, uh, I raised my hand for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, it really is about whether you're a teacher in a, in a university setting or in high school, even middle mm-hmm. school and, and primary grades. If you've got ideas that you say, man, I really want to figure out a way to do some real-world problem-based learning with this, it's all about reaching out and establishing relationships. And I think you're right, Chuck, that, you know, I've been on the asking end of this a lot. And the people that I talk to in industries, whether it's in the media or uh, strategic communication, et cetera, man, they're always so willing to do whatever they can to provide, you know, ideas and and, and Mm -hmm. time. And, you know, we always say time, talent, and treasure. And, man, the the people that come forward with the time and talent uh, is endless. You should see the notes I get back on these, on the creative. I mean, they're like, you, they had to spend an hour on it because it's so in-depth and, you know, it's really, it's fantastic. I think there's a lot of people out there in the industry that wish they were professors like us. <laughs> we get calls all the time. Um, so that need is out there for, uh, mm-hmm. for alums and people in the profession to teach what they love. Mm-hmm. That's a so, great point. Yeah. Hey, I want to thank both of you for giving your, giving me your time at the end of a semester, the most busy time for a professor. <laughs> thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks it's for been having an honor. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for everyone for listening to Teaching Matters, produced by WOUB Public Media. You can always listen to us at woub.org backslash listen and also on a variety of, of online and app-based media outlets. Our audio engineer today was Adam Rich. I'm Scott Titsworth. Special thanks to Tim Vickers of Ohio University's Center for Teaching and Learning for his assistance in producing this program. On behalf of WOUB Public Media, thank you for listening and have a great day. Mm-hmm.